It says in Psalm 118.24, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And I thought, what if I was to deliberately walk every day as if it was Christmas Day? What if I walked in a way that I was grateful for this Savior from the moment that I woke up till the time that I went to bed? For him coming to this earth as that baby in that manger and not letting go of it. What if I lived in a way where it wasn't about grudges, where it wasn't about when I'm going to go back to work, when it wasn't about the honeydew list that's going on year or two that I have? What if my top priority was pouring love on Jesus Christ? And what if it was loving other people extravagantly? You think about Christmas and you think about when you get the perfect gift for someone that you know they're going to love. And when they go to open the gift, you aren't looking at the gift anymore. You're looking at their face. What if this gospel that we carry, we love people so extravagantly that we couldn't wait to see the look on their face when they get it? There's another elf rule, and it is there's room for everyone on the nice list. This isn't about a coexist bumper sticker. Don't think that. It's about the fact that I didn't create the guest list, but I can make sure that everyone gets an invitation. Here at the church, we get several deliveries. I'm pretty sure that not every delivery person for Amazon is a believer. But what's wild is when they walk in the door, do you know what they don't do? They don't walk in and do a tour of the facility to determine if we are worthy of the package that they are here to give us. Do you know what they do? They hand us the package and smile. I feel like we are in a place where we need to remember that there is a heaven that is real. Revelation 7, 9, after these things I looked And behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, people, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. There is a heaven that is real. For every underdog, for every castaway, for every individual that thinks that they could never feel love, Jesus Christ came to die. He came so that we may have salvation. But just as there is a real heaven, there is a real hell. And I know that there are people who today are walking that don't know Jesus Christ, that it is my job to put that invitation in their hands. It is my job to make sure that they understand that everyone, that there's room in that book, that there are pages in that book for their name to go down there. Another elf rule was this. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. My wife takes this one pretty seriously. Ephesians 5.19 says this, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and in spiritual psalms, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. It reminds me of Patty Watson, that Patty Watson has a gift for hearing song lyrics in everything. And mid-conversation, Patty Watson will sing said song lyrics, whether it has anything to do with the conversation or not. When you read God's word, you find that singing is one of the things that from the beginning, it's a way that we can praise. I know that here, I love when we sing together. I love when we worship together. But you forget sometimes until you look into it that singing isn't something we do every time we win. 
First Chronicles 13.8 says, And David and all Israel played before God with all their might. Now, I know from reading God's word that David was proficient on the harp, but nowhere do I read that all of Israel had musical talent, but they sang with all their might. They sang anyway. And I feel like there's times that we can relegate ourselves to think, you just keep your mouth shut, don't sing, don't do that, you just stay over there. But they sang. I want to be part of that crowd that nothing stops the song. When did they sing? They sang when the battle was ahead. It says in 2 Chronicles 20, 21, and he consulted with the people and he appointed some to sing for the Lord and some to praise the splendor of his holiness. When they went out in front of the armed forces, they kept singing, give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. When the fight is ahead of you, you sing. It says in Exodus 15, 2, They sang when the battle had been won. And they sang, the Lord is my strength and my song. He's given me victory. This is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. When we worked with kids at the school and we would have programs and it would be singing, there was this running joke from when I was a kid that if you don't know the words of the song, you simply mouth the word watermelon over and over. Watermelon, you say watermelon. Because if you're up here, like no one's going to be able to pick out. It's going to look like you're saying something that goes with the song. And I feel like we can do that in a spiritual sense, that we can feel like, well, you know, I... I know I should praise, but I really, I don't want to invest my time there. I'm just going to say watermelon over and over when it comes time to praise God, and that's going to suffice. Well, there's a song that they used to throw down to, and I feel like we need that kind of song in our heart. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name every day. He's just the same. Come on and praise him. Look what the Lord has done. And whenever I would hear that song, I understand that God is unchangeable. But it's wild that every day I find something new that I love about him. There's a song in that. In the end of that movie, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Elf, I can't help you. It's been out for a lot of years now. And you'll probably forget by the time you see next year that I spoiled it. But Buddy the Elf figures out that singing is what makes Santa slay move. It starts to make Santa's slave fly. I'm not here to preach about Santa. I'm here about Jesus Christ. You need to understand that there's a song inside of you that will set things in motion. There's a song that's inside of you that will shake strongholds. There's a song that's inside of you that will open prison doors. There's a song that whether it's in the midnight hour sitting in the prison or midday in the town square, it's time to let that out. It's time to take it to a new level for 2022. It says in Psalm 68, 6, which I love. This is, uh, and I know Pastor Nip's nodding his head right now about this one. Psalm 68. God sets the lonely in families. He brings out the prisoners with singing. Now we can read that and we can think, well, of course the prisoners are singing because they've been let out of jail. But that's not how that's worded there. It says that God brings out the prisoners with singing, meaning that there is a song that is within you that you need to sing because someone is being held captive and you need to put up some spiritual warfare in the sense of praise because there are prison doors that are going to open up when you begin to do that where other people may begin to be free. When I sing, I'm telling my heart which way to look. And it's time 
for us as a church family to move away from a place where we wait until we have the song just right and it's the perfect timing. You need to sing it anyway. My daughter will sing at home 24-7, in the shower, in the car, in her bedroom, whatever she's doing. She's making food, she's singing. There's something that that teaches me that it's time to let that song out no matter where we are. It's time to sing freedom to the captives, and it's time to understand that it is, there is a song in that, that it is time, let it go. There's a part in the movie where Buddy, he is uh, with a manager, and it's the department store Santa, and the manager does not like Buddy. And Buddy's standing there just all goofy, and the guy turns to him and he says, why are you smiling like that? Buddy says, I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. And the guy turns to him and he says, make work your favorite. <laughs> we need to understand that the world does not dictate what makes us smile. The world doesn't get to tell me what my favorite is because I already have a favorite. That's Jesus. The world doesn't get to say, no, no, you need to do this. You need to make that your favorite. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy I have. We sang that on a church stage when I was six years old, over and over. And we were little kids, and we would, the more people would clap, the more things we would add. This peace I have, this whatever, this, you know, with us, it's wild because we can begin to do that. Somebody needs to, in their hearts, start singing, this marriage I have, the world didn't give to me. These kids that I have, the world didn't give to me. They can't take it away. This job that I have, the world didn't give this. God granted me this. This church family that I have, it wasn't given to me by anything in the world. It was God's timing, and he brought me here. In Nehemiah 8.10, Nehemiah says the people, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that wasn't made for a mug in 2021 to be given on Christmas. I'm sure some of you may have gotten that at some point. It was said to a bunch of people who were ordained to come back and build walls which had been torn down. We said a couple weeks ago in church, and I'll say it again. If the joy of the Lord is your strength, that where his joy is present, that he is strengthening you for a work, and you have a work to do, so it's time to roll. Where you find his joy, you are going to find people who are willing to work. That joy, it's not about me. It's about him. When you begin to realize that, it changes the game. Because on days when you wake up and you just don't feel like it, you realize that the joy is never going to come from you. And if it does, it's not going to last that long. The joy comes from him, and it's about I am. This whole thing is about I am. Santa comes to the point where this announcement's made that Santa is going to be here tomorrow, the manager tells people. And Buddy starts screaming, jumping up and down. Santa here? And he says, I know him. I know him. This one makes me feel some Jesus. 2 Timothy 1.12. Paul says this. When looking at all the suffering he has gone through, he has just pretty much summed it up by saying, that is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet, this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed. I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. I know him. 
When it seems like the whole world's upside down, whisper to your heart, I know Jesus. The world doesn't redefine it for me. Circumstance in that moment doesn't redefine it for me. Whatever people are saying does not redefine it. I know him. I've tasted and I've seen that he is good. I have seen how this gospel was not just a get out of hell free card, but it was about relationship and I'm going to stick to that. When the enemy has you questioning every single thing, what you need to do, and here's just pastoral advice, begin to list the things that you know that you know. You can get into this way of thinking that other people are so much more blessed than you are. Maybe you have two things that you can say you're thankful for. I'm sure you have more, but some days when we're in the mully grubs, we could pick two. Pick those two and just keep repeating them. Jesus, I thank you. For my home, I thank you for my family. I thank you for my health. I thank you, God, for this church family that you have put me in. And you can look around and think other people have dozens of things to be thankful for. But it says in that verse, the things I entrusted to him. And I almost feel like when we bring those blessings up in that way, it's like me just giving them back to him again. Like me saying, God, I thank you. Like yesterday, we were together with family. Not everyone got to do that. And believe me, I did not take that for granted yesterday. And when we were praying, I was thinking, our health. God, thank you for our health. Thank you for looking out for my family this year. And thank you for the fact that we are able to sit here and count our blessings with family. When the enemy has you questioning everything, say what you know. Speak life into testimony. When I know Jesus, nothing else will do. There is no counterfeit thing that will catch my eye because I know in whom I have believed. The last thing. When I know who he is, I will learn of who I am. There's a part in this movie. Again, if you haven't seen it, Will Ferrell is well over six feet tall. Will Ferrell is playing an elf. And so Will Ferrell was some of the characters that were shorter. It looks ridiculous when he stands beside them just that he thinks he's an elf. And one day, one of them goes up to him and says in a matter-of-fact tone, Buddy, you are six foot three inches tall, and you've had a beard since you were 15. You are not an elf. You are a human living in an elf world. When you feel like you don't fit in, there's a reason for that. It's because God has marked you for something that is so beyond what you can comprehend. You are God's child living in a broken world. If your heart doesn't look like the world or jump at the things that the world says it should jump for, maybe it's because God's ordained purposes whisper louder. This heart was never made to fit into this world. It was transformed by the renewing of my mind so that I can prove to this world that doesn't know this Jesus what is good and acceptable and perfect, the things that are God's will. As we close out right now, I just want to thank everyone for taking a few minutes. You kind of got almost a bonus day of Christmas since it's on the Sunday. You know, you don't have to go to work right away. Some of you I know are probably already taking the tree down. Others, you won't take it down until probably mid-June. But I say enjoy the day. Be with family. Talk about his blessings. Don't let Christmas end on the 25th. As a church, let's just give thanks for all of the blessings 
that were part of 2021, all of the lessons that were part of 2021, and let us pray for eyes to see the things that God has for us in 2022. So I urge you, treat every day like it's Christmas. Remember that there's room for everyone on a nice list. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing loud for all to hear and live in a way that your smile, that your joy preaches that you know Jesus. And in the end, understand that when you know who he is, you will begin to learn of that I am that you've heard about. You will begin to have relationship. You'll begin to see that God's plans are great plans for you. I'm going to pray. I missed you all today being here. I miss seeing my friends. I miss seeing the ones that I get to catch up with at church. We'll be back. Thank you for joining in today, and we're going to pray. After that, we'll just end it. We won't do a play out. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for the fact that even when it seems like a plan B, you're still present. I thank you, God, for the way that your word speaks, whether it's online or whether it's right in front of me. And Father, I pray your health over your family. I pray your God dreams just to ring out in this new year. And Lord, I pray that we would bravely chase after those things that you have for us as a church. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today and have a great week, everyone.